0: And welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle Podcast. My name is Jesse and I'll be your host. Now, on today's episode, we're gonna head over to the Snappy Snack Shack to get us some, you know, snacks and Slurpees. We're gonna head over to Westerberg High School so that, you know, we can go see the big pep rally. And then also in the meantime, I guess we're gonna kill our like best friends kind of, or maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, so on today's episode, we're gonna cover 1988 Heathers, cult classic film of all time but this episode i cannot do this by myself i cannot do this alone Okay, this movie's too fabulous, it's too fashionable, any of that stuff, to do it all by myself. So I brought a guest with me today. Now, you may have heard him on the Movies the Gay podcast, covering 13, and I think he covered another movie on there too, as well. I know him from that, though. And also, he is a cast member at Disney, working for The Mouse. Uh, he's just a fellow gay in general that, you know, I found on myself. And uh, I'd like to welcome to my show Mr. Donovan Marcotte. Donovan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: Love that. Love that. I'm doing great. You know, got home from work and, you know, all this and ready to talk about a pod, right? Uh, yeah. Now, we now we became aware of each other. Like I said, yeah. I knew who you were. I knew who you were from uh, Movies That Made Us Gay. You did mm-hmm. one of uh, the best movies, 13, with Ever Rachel Wood and Henry Holly Hunter. And Thank so you. Good.
1: Uh, yeah it was great that was yeah. a, that was um, a great time um i oh love shout out to scott and pete they're fantastic yes. we love them um, <laughs> i give them so been... much credit on my show all <laughs> oh, right <laughs> i do i'm just like i
0: shout them out sometimes i'm just like hey guys <laughs> um
1: anyway but yeah they're cool but yeah no you did that ep- uh episode and all that Loved yeah, it. yeah i that, actually like a year ago th- around this time oh, was on. my first episode with them and now i'm on episode yeah. three with movies that made us gay Oh my God.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to get on there soon too. I mean, we're going to cover a little something we were just talking a little bit about that. So anyway, but yeah, but you know, that's, that's cool and wonderful. And then I was like, well, I might as well get you on my show. I don't even know, like, maybe you listened to an episode of mine or something, or you just Mm -hmm. were like, Oh, Hey. Right. And so I was, and, generally anybody who follows me i'll follow them back and i'm just like hey thanks um but i was like hey like you've been on a pod before so like if you want to come on mine please do and you were like oh i'll totally come on for like these episodes if you want to do that. which don't worry like a laundry list
1: of movies you really did
0: (laughs) um and so this one was one i chose because i was like listen like i'd love to have someone cover this who knows a little bit of a teaser we might have a you on for another episode that has also a nice special guest with you who knows but that'll be later in the year Mm
1: -hmm. all right uh
0: anyway but you know but like we normally do on the show so for my history of heathers i Mm. remember watching this movie particularly after i'd already watched jawbreaker i had watched that when i was a young child and so and i loved it i still love it but i I had always heard oh it's compared to heathers oh it's like heathers and i was like i don't know what the hell heathers is so when i finally got to be of age when i was like at of age, I'd be like thirteen or fourteen. Um, I think I probably like found this on the IFC channel or the Sundance channel or something. Mm-hmm. Remember when you have like cable? If you had cable and like, yes, you can watch that shit. It's that's why I watched like Party yeah. Monster for the first time. Oh, I watched like Scream. Yeah, I right, I, liked, I watched Scream there, like things like that. Um, where it wasn't just coming on basic cable, right? But anyway, so I think that's how I watched Heathers, and I'm finally glad I did. I was like, oh, now mm. I know what they're talking about with Jawbreaker. Like, oh, get it, yeah. get it. Two different movies, though. Totally will. But, you know, yeah, that's my history, at least with it, and I loved it ever since. Uh, but Donovan, what is your history yeah. with this movie? Why Why do you want to cover this? Why did you tell me you wanted to cover it?
1: I <laughs> love Heathers. I have been okay. a, a fan and obsessed with this movie since I was... Far too young to watch it, you know. Like I, I remember watching this movie when I was a small child, probably like seven or eight years old for the first time. I had very not so strict parents when it came to the parental control on the TV, right? Um, Same. You know, and I, I credit my mom for being the big bo- the big movie buff in the family. So she uh, introduced me to this movie, and, and and not like deliberately. I think it was just on, right, like in the background one day, and I was like home from school. And it just was just so taken with the fashion in this movie, right? Like, I think anyone who's seen Heathers knows that fashion plays a big role in the identity of the characters. And with just the the the, just how quintessentially 80s this film is, right. So that was what struck me first. And then as I got older, you know, and then I got introduced to Jawbreaker and Mean Girls and like really realized that This movie paved the way for all of those other films that we know and love so much. Yeah, I am such a big fan. So excited to talk about this film. And um, it just heathers everything. We can talk about the movie. We can talk about the musical. Like I'm super into it i'm glad you bring up the musical because i have no idea about it at all really except
0: like one song in it and i know ryan mccarton was in it that's about all i know oh and barrett weed whatever her name barrett is, Barrett totally Weed. yes that. that one who played mm-hmm. uh veronica i know that much and yes. there was an asian heather i know that much i think okay you know uh, you know quite a bit then i think, I think yeah. that I, it's just because i'm well i went to school for theater and like broadway mm-hmm. stuff so like whatever yeah but you know it's all that but uh yeah no i totally agree and yeah that was definitely me too as a kid i i was just you know watching things i wasn't supposed to which i loved Mm -hmm. but uh you know definitely for that but uh yeah no totally I, i totally get that and um yeah so I think uh, when it comes to our normal show, what we'll do is we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the history of this movie, how it came to be exactly. I did just watch a fun little uh, thing on uh, The Last Drive-In because they did cover this movie before. So I got a little bit of information from that, which is nice. And then we'll talk about, you know, some quotes from the movie, uh, critical response type quotes, and then also just a plot summary and things like that. So cool. I'm going to pull up my Google Doc real quick so we can get that information. We are... Uh, well-oiled machine here, folks, okay? That's what I'm doing. But this movie was directed by Michael Lehman, and it was written by Daniel Waters of The Waters yes. Plan, produced by Denise DeNovi, and it was released uh, at Sundance, actually, in January of 1989, so it was 1989. And then um, it actually came out in the U.S. March 31st of 1989. We're looking at a budget of about $3 million or so, and a box office of about $1.1 wow. So it bombed, and we'll get into that. Um <laughs> But we're looking at a 93% on the tomato meter for certified fresh, apparently, which is crazy to me. If you look on this, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Yeah. And then also no, 83%, right. I think so, an 83% audience score. Uh, 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, and then a 3.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So for our cast, we have Winona Ryder as Veronica Sawyer, Christian Slater as Jason JD Dean, Shannon Doherty as Heather Duke, Lisa Ann Falk as um, Heather McNamara. Kim Mm -hmm. Walker as Heather Chandler, Penelope Milford as Pauline Fleming, the, like, guidance counselor, I guess. Uh, Glenn Shattuck as Father Ripper, uh, Lance Fenton as Kirk Kelly, one of the jocks, and Patrick, how do you say his last name? Laboitron or Laborta, something French, uh, as Ram Sweetie, the other jock. Um, Jeremy Applegate as Peter Dawson, M. Lodge as M. C. May. Renée Estevez as Betty Finn, who we're supposed to believe is ugly, nowhere to be found. Carrie Lynn as Martha, Dump Truck, Dunstock. Chuck Lafont as Officer Milner. John Engle as Principal Gowan, Kirk Scott as Big Bud Dean, the dad of JD. Phil Lewis as Dennis, who we'll get into too, and William Court and Jennifer Rhodes as Veronica's parents, and then we have Stuart Mabry as Counselor uh, Paul Hyde. Quotes that we have from our critics, who we love. So we have uh, Federico Ferzan from uh, Cinellispus, which says, uh, This supposedly relevant fable on teenage angst feels like a loud shout at nothing else rude uh dennis schwartz from dennis schwartz movie review so very highly you know regarded uh says a pointless satire on high school coeds acting bitchy and hanging out in clicks yeah and but then <laughs> but then you have roger ebert who actually gave this film two and a half stars and he says it's inanities and glib pretensions are so thick that it mainly comes across as tacky and contrived um actually that was jonathan rosenbaum from the chicago reader Damn, what do I have? Roger Ebert actually did say, for a long time, we're not even sure of the point of view. Is this a black comedy about murder or just a cynical morality play? The traveler is in a foreign country, is not sure, but he knows the film inspires thought.
1: So, you know, Roger Ebert quote: "I was going to say, I was saying how I hope that the creator of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls can like appreciate this movie." (laughs) i hope so right oh god oh, we'll get into it
0: you're coming on for that Mm -hmm. episode when we're doing it it's happening hell yeah um but oh my god that movie is crazy but no it's so crazy though dude it's like yeah yeah this movie bombed when it came out and we'll get into it but the basic idea of how this film came to be so we'll move into some production history so Mm. generally Daniel Waters was just some 26 year old dude. I don't think he's gay, apparently. I don't know, I don't remember. I thought but he anyways, was, is he not queer? Maybe, oh, weird. maybe he is, I have no idea, he, he might be. Who knows, T- Daniel know. Waters, call in, I, I don't know. But anyway, so uh, he wanted to uh, write a script pretty much. So he began writing the screenplay in the spring of 1986 when he was working at a video store apparently. And he wanted this to be directed by Stanley Kubrick in particular. So he was like a young guy, you know, he really honestly wanted just like I, he just wrote this as a spec script from what I understand he didn't expect it to really get made as spec scripts happen you know you make a movie mm-hmm. and hope you know something but yeah. you're not really expecting to make get it made but after it got into the hands of uh, Michael Lehman who had done a few things here and there small stuff uh, he met through a mutual friend he then got introduced to Denise denovi who then helped mm-hmm. produce this movie and so they green lit it. They were like, all right, let's make this movie, I guess, because why not? Um, it was a lot more, it's still cynical, but it was a lot more dark <laughs> uh, when it first came out, really. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, the ending of this was uh, JD actually successfully blows up, spoiler, but he tries to blow up the school <laughs> at the end. And uh, the final scene is actually a surreal prom gathering in heaven where one of his quotes is that the only time people in high school are nice to each other is in heaven or whatever. Um, so that line is because that probably was in his original script, but they had to change it. And then New World Pictures was like, No, nah, bitch, like we can't have that. Uh, we'll finance the film, but they don't like the ending, so they need it to be changed.
1: And we'll get, new I new want World to Pictures live <laughs> in the alternate universe where that ending exists, though. I know, I too.
0: And I've heard also that it was like Martha Dunstock like, was singing in it and like all this stuff. I used to have the um, the DVD of this, or maybe a sister had it or something. Mm. I don't know. But there is like a DVD out there where Winona Ryder talks about this movie. And that's really fun. Because she also really likes this movie, too. But yeah, so pretty much that's how it came to be. Again, he made the movie. Uh, he just wrote it. And it got into some guys' hands. And then it really came to be from that so all right cool you grain lit a movie new world pictures you know was able to give the movie money uh now we got to find a cast for this movie so generally they didn't know who they wanted for the lead they weren't sold on winona at first they really actually wanted um they wanted justine bateman but she turned it down Mm, because she was mm -hmm. hot at the time about yeah yeah and then they also wanted heather graham yes yeah
1: i read that about heather graham but she was Mm -hmm. um like she was a minor like a literal child when they would have made mm-hmm. this movie and her parents were like hell no you can't do this movie yeah
0: and i guess she wasn't yeah.
1: emancipated or anything like that either right yeah um so mm-hmm. she could make her own decisions uh and jennifer connelly was apparently uh thought of as well okay right there okay um I, yeah i feel like jennifer connelly like probably her and winona were around the same age right yeah and i'm sure they were up 16. for a lot of the same roles in yeah the they were 16 80s. around that yeah, yeah. Um
0: so yeah she was 16 at the time when owner was. She had only really been in Lucas as the geek and she had also just been in uh she had just been in uh Beetlejuice but it hadn't released quite yet. So they yeah. weren't sold on her. They were like, eh, "All right." So she actually took her ass to the Macy's over at the Beverly Center to get a makeover to show I can play more than just the geek and the goth, all right? Here you go. Um, And it worked she got cast Mm -hmm. so that's awesome and so let's see who else uh brad pitt apparently read for jd but they didn't think he was that interesting same thing for elvira he also read for that and he didn't end up getting it because he was too hot so poor (laughs) (laughs) whatever poor baby um poor baby brad uh so then you have all right you have these two uh kim walker was brought in because she was actually dating uh christian slater at the time uh, she oh, has now since passed away okay. unfortunately but um oh. and we'll get into we'll get into that too about how morbid this is a little bit oh. but she got it she also was in say anything she also was yes. in this mo- that movie and lisa yeah. and falk who also is in this movie was also in that movie with her yes random 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 like literally a year after this movie it's crazy lisa and falk who was 23 at the time had to lie about her age apparently um because she started off as like a teen model so like of yeah, of course she's gonna be cast in this. But do what you yeah, gotta do, that. I guess. You, get what you gotta do. It wasn't until they found out afterward what her actual age mm-hmm. was, but she said she was a teenager. And yeah. then Shannon Doherty wanted to be Veronica, but Ryder had already been cast, so they were like, "Hey, just play one of the Heather's," pretty much. And she kind of was okay with it. I apparently she didn't know she was in a comedy. She just thought she was in like you know, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, like she didn't really like the cursing in the movie. Um, again, yeah. she was like a kid so you know and apparently her mom and her kind of threw their weight around a little bit on set so because she was a a child actress like she was a known person by this point um even a little probably more so than winona honestly but yeah, Yeah, yeah yeah honestly yeah yeah but anyway so casting with that and then i think they probably just got a lot of the other uh other people like adults and stuff you know obviously um to say like yeah that's pretty much there i mean penelope milford had just uh, been nominated for an oscar at one point um they brought mm-hmm. her in because she's good at being flighty i think uh, <laughs> the principal had actually been an actual principal in high schools in california but before he became an actor oh, really so he kind of Didn't understood that, that right cool. yeah i know and then there's that and then, of course, we also have to talk about a little bit. Um, so, Phil Lewis, who's in this movie, yes. um, who plays the, I think he's the editor of the new newspaper or yearbook or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see him in like a scene he then went on to become a gentleman who then is running a whole hotel on his own because he became uh the manager on uh the Sweet life of zach and cody and that's, that's what he's right. mostly known for um yeah. is that so and plus also you work at disney he technically worked at yeah. disney before so that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah Love and the then connection. um love the connection right we also like i said kim walker she played heather chandler she ended up actually passing away in 2001 at the age of 32 from a brain tumor and of course one of the lines in this is Another literally did you have a brain to breakfast right yeah and then jeremy millgate uh, no sorry jeremy applegate who plays I don't remember his name, but um, he plays one of the guys in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, the like geek dudes, who's like trying to uh, get Habitat for Humanity Money. Uh, he, in one of his prayers in the scene, we'll talk about it, but like in the prayer after Heather dies, um, yeah. he says, please God, I hope that I can't do this because I could never commit suicide. And yeah. then, you know, he and then he killed himself up. years later. Oh, my so that's really unfortunate.
1: Wow, that is good.
0: Also, I guess, too, uh, in case anybody wants one and it feels like they need one, um, content warning for suicide for this movie. However, I will say that in this film, yes, the idea of suicide is touched upon, but really it's more so making fun of... Uh, it's a satire, you know, so nobody's yeah. actually really, really honestly um, I mean, going to yeah. die of suicide, like-
1: but... Yeah, content warning for suicide for eating disorders for gun violence this movie has it all
0: kids it does dude like it really does um but i think the way that they do it is just very satirical it's very dark Mm -hmm. so if you're into that you're in the right place (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so this movie took place uh, about 33 days in February and March of 1988 on a budget of three million dollars. So it's in, uh, it's set in Ohio. It all takes place in L.A. Really, it's all shot there, obviously. So uh, pretty much yeah, there's they that. Shot
1: at, like the Santa Monica High- Santa Monica High School, I think, was one of the locations mm-hmm. that they used. Um, yeah. Neighborhoods in Pasadena, John Adams, John Adams Middle School, they used as well uh mm-hmm. yeah a couple different
0: places so there's that they apparently used uh the funeral scenes were done at the church of the angels in pasadena which has also mm-hmm. been used in just married i talked about that movie like I so many movies for yeah. it. And and also buffy the vampire slayer was used there too yeah. of course because everything's been on buffy but anyway <laughs> uh but yeah and then the release of this movie so again you know this got released and uh Well, what had happened was New World Pictures happened. Uh, We talked about it before on my Elvira episode, but uh, New World Pictures, this was after Roger Corman had already sold them. He had already sold the the company. So this Mm -hmm. is, we also talk about it in Slumber Party Massacre because that's who released that movie. But uh, Mm. they just were making movies that weren't doing great. Okay. (laughs) That was kind of, but they also released Hellraiser, for example. You know, so it's like, it's like, um, some of them do, did fine, but there were a lot of a lot of bad ones, and mm-hmm. because of that, guess what happens, you lose money, and then when you don't have money, then you have to close down your fucking like, your production yeah. company, distribution company um so that's pretty much what happened is like literally the marketing campaign for this movie, which was targeted at teenagers um it didn't happen because they didn't have a whole lot of money, and really, teens hated this movie when it first came out, they didn't get it, they were like, no nah, this isn't this isn't good um it actually got an older audience who liked it and found it yeah um but yeah this movie like yeah right now i mean yeah it has like critic ratings that are good uh but i think a lot of that is um also because i guarantee you that that 93 rating that i found is probably because of people who have now reviewed it but when it first yeah. came out people were like oh no what is this it was misunderstood um and then because of repeat viewings on tv and things of that sort and just you know the collection of movies and all that i think that really turned it into a cult classic and donovan you were totally right when you said earlier this paved the way and i think joe bob even said it in his special Uh, Check it out Mm -hmm. if you haven't, if you have Um, Shudder. This is a great template to a teen movie. This is before Clueless. You know, I do think that also kind of set a precedent. But I do think this one too did as well. Because this one in particular, this movie showed that you could go dark in high school. For Mm -hmm. sure. Um, Because Clueless is not dark. Uh, But this is definitely...
1: um, Yeah.
0: So when you have the template
1: also for um, like... In 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 a teen movie, there must always be three girls, right? Like, true, right? Like in Clueless, you have Cher and Ty and and Dion, the other one, and Dion, right? And then in you see it in Mean Girls, you see it in Jawbreaker, Mm -hmm. like there's always a trio. There's always a
0: trio of girls, and it's the Mean Girls in there. You're right, Mm -hmm. exactly. I agree. Yeah, no, it's totally that, and you know it showed that and again talking about fashion as well i mean it showed that you know you had this like heightened fashion going on as mm-hmm. well and again I, I think it definitely for better or worse it has really i would say it has really influenced the teen movie genre um yeah. and yeah it, it's getting the credit it deserves and it obviously mm-hmm. has been for years and so much so that it got turned into a musical. Now, again, I don't know much about this musical. So, Donovan, if you want, if you know anything about it, yeah. you know, please please talk about it. And, you know,
1: but it ended up getting turned into a musical like other things did. So do you happen to know anything about how that came to be? So I, I'll tell you that it's the same writing team that did Legally Blonde, the musical. So they already mm-hmm. had a great track record with turning, mm-hmm. you know, like, cult films into Broadway musicals. Um, Lawrence O'Keefe, I think, is the the lyricist. And it had an off-Broadway tryout in New York, played for a couple of months, closed, did not make it to Broadway, but it found a lot of success on the West End in London. Um, and there is still currently a sit-down production in London that you can see to this day, um, as well as a touring production. And then something that I think we both forgot to mention was there was that like very short, I don't even think the television show threes. The television show yeah
0: Listen listen uh, The girl one of the Heathers on it Became one of the girls in A League of Their Own which I watched a mm-hmm. couple of episodes of that. Not a bad show. Haven't finished it, but it's actually kind of fun. They diversify. Yeah. It's very lesbian. Love it. Um, Love it. And then also Brandon Scannell, I think, the the boy mm-hmm. Heather, uh, he ended up being yeah. on that show, Bonding, uh, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Fun. Uh, where he plays a stand-up and his friend is like a dominatrix. It's really fun. Uh, but yeah, I have not watched that show, unfortunately. It got a lot of backlash because I how sure dare you did. watch, how dare you try yeah. to make Heathers today or whatever. Um, right, how dare you do Heathers, how I dare, dare you have a
1: fat Heather, like, how dare you have a boy Heather, like, come on.
0: Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. And also, here's the thing too, and then also just turning like the, the whole kind of thing on its head with Heathers because... It, the heathers are not conventionally what is considered attractive so how mm-hmm. could you do that but I mean that's how it is though I mean whatever yeah it wasn't gonna work because it was 88 or whatever <laughs> like it that was a different type <laughs> of thing so yeah. they had to do it a little something I don't know maybe I'll watch it and just see what it was like who knows you're totally right I didn't mention that I totally forgot about it a little bit honestly but yeah I mean this movie <laughs> has definitely yeah this movie definitely has had a legacy though I mean specifically I could tell that because i'm a jawbreaker aficionado like darren stein definitely saw this movie when he was like a teenager probably he made that movie because of that, mm-hmm. he has said that Daniel Waters literally confronted him, saying, "Why did you rip my movie off? Why did you rip off my movie?" I remember that, yeah. And uh, I do not think it is a rip off at all. The only different, the only similarity is that it's about teen girls, I guess. And teen there's like an murder. murder. <laughs> um, yeah. But the thing is, is that it all is the thing that's different about it, though, is that there is no man in the middle of Jawbreaker that is inciting it all, That's which true. in this movie yeah. it is. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's just one of those things. And there's so many different influences to Jawbreaker as well that aren't just Heathers. So, yeah. whereas this movie, I can tell, well, you can tell a little bit maybe because um, mm-hmm. because of
1: Daniel Waters' love for Kubrick,
0: you know, I can kind of see yeah. like, okay,
1: sure, can- I can see that. You can see definitely the Kubrick influences and just how stylized this film is, the lighting, the camera angles. I mean, I have it on in the background right now. And even just the scene where like the Heather is like on the bed and you just like see her like her bedroom and how just intentionally placed everything is. It, i would also love to be in the alternate reality where Kubrick did direct this movie because that would be fascinating that'd be crazy right i mean yeah. i
0: see what he's doing with like things like a clockwork orange like i could see mm-hmm. that influence in there i could see like um a lot of these different things i do see uh did he direct uh a patent or like one of those war movies or whatever. Did he ever do Yeah, wasn't it Full Metal Jacket? That one, yeah. i mm-hmm. the, so that was something also where they were like, oh, we wanted like the cafeteria scene to seem seem like yes. Full Metal Jacket. Um mm-hmm. I haven't seen Full Metal Jacket, so I don't know, but I'll believe it. So you can tell that like I guess if you're a Kubrick fan, you could kind of see I mean I don't see the shining in this movie really, honestly, but it's more so yeah. just like all right whatever yeah but we talked a little bit about the production history of this movie talked about the legacy of it things like that and whatever mm-hmm. um do you have anything fun to add before we move into a plot summary or anything donovan oh gosh um
1: anything we should know I, about I think <laughs> uh, not so much anything we should know about but like i'm just curious to hear your thoughts like if you know a, a movie like this was made at a time where it was like a pre-9/11, pre-Columbine mm-hmm. world. Like, you know, clearly it's a cult classic. It's found its audience, but do you think a mm-hmm. film like this would be as popular today in like today's socio-political climate or do you think it would be a cancel situation?
0: Oh my god, Barbara Walters coming in with the questions. <laughs> um, I guess I would say I I don't really know. I think it would be something that maybe a certain sect of young people would like, but I think we, and obviously we're becoming old, but you know, uh, <laughs> I think people are so sensitive nowadays and young folks are really sensitive as well, mm-hmm. um, where I don't think it would make sense. And plus also, I think we answered our own question a little bit when it came mm-hmm. to um, just the TV remake. Because I think that kind of shows us a little bit um, to be like, oh, hey, now I'm sure Mean Girls did fine in terms of the musical stuff and whatever. But even that is like something where who knows, like, but even that, like, for example, that is the most sanitized of any of those movies. Oh, absolutely. It is the most... A family yeah. friendly thing you could watch like da, 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 whatever even though it's pg-13 oh, it, i'm like no you could jawbreaker yeah. and, and this like fuck it, no you could no, not make those yeah. movies now <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't work it, it would only work for a certain sect of folks mm-hmm. um maybe because i don't know if young people would i don't know if they like it i don't know i have to get a young person i guess i don't know but yeah but that's a for good sure, question though sure. that's a good yeah. question i'm trying to think anything that i can think of um oh fun fact that like uh moby dick throughout this whole movie is like read by um heather
1: duke or whatever it was supposed to actually be the shannon doherty character Mm -hmm. which which makes a lot of sense um i kind (laughs) of like that it's moby dick though i think it like it just adds to the kind of absurdity of the entire yes i agree
0: totally no dude, totally totally but yeah so i guess uh without further ado though we talked about all that history we talked about just what we thought about the movie so mm-hmm. we'll move into a plot summary we have our intro to the movie where we have um the new world pictures come in and all that and we have our intro to the heathers so the intro we have is somebody who might be kim walker i don't know but uh, we see <laughs> a girl we see a girl to be about her devil. head <laughs> exactly we see a girl with the back of her head she's putting her hair up into a ponytail with a ribbon Mm -hmm. and then we see these girls who are all the heathers we have heather chandler played by kim walker we have heather mcnamara played by lee san falk and then we have heather duke played by uh, shannon doherty and we hear a wonderful cover of the song K sarah sarah by doris day sung by sid straw which is the best version of that uh uh
1: song it's so good i love the opening to this movie oh my gosh and the opening (sighs) of the dream sequence yeah it's so cool Uh, the way they crush the flowers with their step and so these girls
0: are like sitting around uh the backyard uh they then like donovan was saying step over these flowers and they're playing croquet which is very much a royalty type sport so it's weird Mm -hmm. these girls to like play croquet the one girl takes her shot so i think it was heather mcnamara who takes her shot and she says damn okay mm-hmm. so it's your turn heather and then she it's goes to turn heather chandler heather. and she says no heather it's heather's turn so then heather duke goes up for her shot and then we have heather chandler taking her shot so we find out all their names are heather and they all have their respective colors so chandler is red chandler is red i'm McNamara. always red yes exactly and heather mm-hmm. mcnamara is green or yellow i think one of those mcnamara is yellow Yes, and yeah, then and then Duke is green, who becomes exactly red. yes, yes, yes. You're right, absolutely. Um, but then we get uh, because. Uh, Heather Chandler takes her shot and she ends up bopping uh, Veronica Sawyer in the head whose head is just like uh, above the ground and the rest of her body is underground Uh, and so we get our intro to Veronica Sawyer played by Winona Ryder and so uh, she is writing in her diary and so pretty much the Heathers and uh, and Veronica they are now in school so we see Veronica is sitting on the stairs writing in her diary Mm -hmm. Um, and she's talking about the Heathers and then the two Heathers, uh Heather Duke and Heather McNamara, they come up to Heather. Uh, they come up to Veronica. Veronica. Yeah. <laughs> they come up to her and say, you know, hey, like, Heather you know, wants Heather to see to you. To go to the calf and all that. She's like, all right, like,
1: whatever, fine.
0: Yeah, you need to, so haul, your to <laughs> so haul your ass to the calf. Haul your ass to the calf, right? Exactly so uh she goes into the calf so veronica and the other heathers go into the calf they see heather chandler there and pretty much the bright idea that heather has this time is to forge a note uh of kirk kelly so like forge his handwriting and put it on her um lunch tray who's like the dumb jock in the school yeah exactly one of them correct and so that is what she uh they want to do it will make them laugh it'll be funny so this is when veronica says i don't mm-hmm. have anything against martha dunstock like why should i have and then heather's yeah. like well you don't have anything for her either anything for her either <laughs> um yeah. and so she's like all right fine whatever so she forges uh this it'll be very... note. it'll be very yes and so they forge this note uh which is pretty much like professing his love to martha apparently mm-hmm. And so then in the meantime, we see Kurt and Ram at the lunch table together. And so they're talking about like, God, I'd love to get, um, you know, in between like a Heather, uh, do, was Heather Chandler and Veronica Sawyer sandwich because this movie is just gross at that point because men are gross anyway so you have these two jocks that are horrible and so I believe it is Heather McNamara who puts the note onto Martha's uh, lunch tray and we see that she actually does read it and you know she sees that But then the Heathers and the Veronica sit down for lunch after they've done that and we get the intro to the lunchtime poll now I don't know if this is just something that they do randomly or I think it might be something that they do as part of the newspaper or yearbook or something but apparently veronica does it i guess or heather chandler does it
1: yeah yeah and it's just like a way to fucking assert their dominance in the in the calf right like they go around and and even like the you see like the different hierarchies of the high school kids like you have like the rich kids the stoners Mm -hmm. the geek squad Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No, you totally have that.
0: And I think that was one of the first times that they were kind of having that. I mean, again, this movie is very much a satire of John Hughes films, really. And so, yeah, you kind of saw those like... Uh, specified groups kind of but this one definitely again it's kind of poking fun at that i also love how that's called the geek squad and then best buy ends up having a geek squad years (laughs) later i kind of love that but anyway so the lunchtime poll so they go over to these uh preppy kids pretty much and they ask this question of you win five million dollars from the publishing uh clearinghouse publisher's clearinghouse yeah Yeah. And uh, when that Ed guy gives you the check, aliens say they're going to blow up the world in two days. What do you do with the money? And for kids who are listening, uh, publishing Clearinghouse, uh, (laughs) it used to be where you could win like millions of dollars, apparently. And they would just come to your house and give you a big check. I don't know why. It was the 80s. But anyway, so that's what it was. (laughs) And then we also have, after they ask that question to these preppy kids, so like one of them says, I'd slide that wallet over to my father and blah, blah, blah. And then one girl says, I give it all to the homeless every cent every cent the veronica says you're beautiful it's just so good and then you know <laughs> heather's like well if you're going to openly be a bitch and then she's like heather like why can't we just talk to other types of people like what the hell like we talk to the same mm-hmm. people and this is where we get our iconic line of fuck me gently with a chainsaw fuck me gently um, with a chainsaw yes um and pretty much just like saying you know everyone wants me as a friend or a fuck you know i'm you know worshiped here and i'm only a junior And you're like, okay, girl, good for you. But we do have Mm -hmm. our intro to JD, Jason Dean, played by Christian Slater, doing his best Jack Mm -hmm. Nicholson impression because he idolized him. (laughs) So he's just some guy sitting there with his lunch, you know, as you do. And then we got our intro to Betty Finn. So Betty Finn is played by Renee Estevez, where we're supposed to believe she's ugly. There's nowhere to be found at all. Because she wears Um, glasses. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Very ugly, of course, whatever. But uh, we see that Betty and Veronica knew each other so that it was a friend of hers pretty much before she got in with the heathers and so that's how we came to be with that but you know betty shows her some photos of like halloweens that they mm-hmm. had been um with kids you know when they were kids they had done halloween together and then like heather just like pulls her away she's like come on veronica and she said i was talking to somebody <laughs> so we su- see that a little bit also fun little fact about um their names so betty and veronica so yeah, those are okay. obviously yeah. archie comics mm-hmm. and for kids who are listening um if you ever watch riverdale uh that's pretty much where that all comes from <laughs> that's too. what it is yeah that's what it is and sabrina too sabrina teenage which came from the yep. archie comics but anyway mm-hmm. so for the chilling Adventures of sabrina fans but anyway so kind of sort of but anyway so you have betty finn and you have veronica sawyer so betty finn is an amalgamation of betty who is the nice one and huckleberry finn who's the nice one in his story and then you Mm -hmm. have veronica sawyer who veronica is veronica who's kind of like veronica
1: who's the bad girl and then tom sawyer Um, yeah who is
0: the bad guy kind of in his story Mm -hmm. although not really Mm -hmm. but like whatever anyway but that's kind of a fun little thing to, to take away with that but anyway so we have that all right so lunchtime poll time And this is also when she talks about how, like, you know, why can't we talk to other people? So they decide to open their horizons and try to talk to other people. Um, So they're asking other people. So you have, like, the Habitat for Humanity people with uh, the Jeremy Mm -hmm. Applegate guy. Um, Have him. You have, like, Betty Finn's asked a question. You have some, like, stoners outside who are asked the question, (laughs) too. Just, you know, all these different people being asked. I love how it ends where, you know, the one girl's just like, you know, she just like ripped a bong or something. She's just like, it's like, what? It's so stupid. I love it. Uh, but, anyways, so, all right, fun, wonderful, great. So then we're back in the cafeteria after that whole scene, and we see that Martha has already read the note that they forged and put on mm-hmm. the lunch tray. But then she actually goes up to Curtain Ram. To like say, hey, look at this note you wrote me. And then they just laugh in her face. And she embarrasses herself pretty much. And then she just like runs away all embarrassed. And girl, I get it. Listen, I love you, Martha. Don't worry. (laughs) Anyway, so after we see this. And they get a nice little chuckle out of it. You know, ha 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 ha. You then go to the bathroom with the girls. As you do. And Mm -hmm. we find out that apparently. (sighs) Jesus Christ. So we find out that uh, Heather Duke. Heather Duke an eating disorder and she can't throw Mm -hmm. up herself oh no she needs to have her friend help her throw up Uh, (laughs) so like literally they literally have um veronica there and really i need you to come back here and you see her doing her nails and she's like well you know maybe you should see a doctor she's like yeah maybe like whatever and then heather chandler's just all like you know come on heather let's see what today's lunch looks like or whatever and then they cut to a they cut to a shot of like garbage just being like Mm -hmm. oh god it's so gross it's so gross good 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 job though good job with doing that but anyway yeah So then, Veronica goes up to JD after they get back in the cafeteria because you can already see she's kind of likes him, Mm -hmm. and she asks the lunchtime poll question, and he's just like, "That is the stupidest question I've ever heard." Though, (laughs) but he says like, "Oh well, you know, I'd take like a a bottle of tequila out. I would take like this thing out to like the middle of the river, and I would just like vibe, pretty much, is what he would do, I guess." Mm -hmm. But they kind of talk a little bit, and again, they're kind of getting this idea of like, okay, like here's who these people are
1: mm-hmm.
0: then we see the jocks though um see that veronica is talking to jd they're just like you know oh what it, what is it like you know who's that like who's he think he is Bo Diddley? Mm-hmm. um yeah and i love how the jocks literally all they think of is just like you know um let's kick his ass and be like no we're not yeah. gonna kick his ass. it's fine but they do <laughs> they do go up to him though so you know they like take their finger and like, I think it's Kurt or Ram, like they take the finger and they like, um, stick it into his mashed potatoes or something, something, right? And because I am one, I can say this, they do say, doesn't this school have no fags allowed policy? And then he's like, no, but they sure have a whole lot of tolerance for assholes or whatever. And so, then he's like, what did you say, dickhead? And then he's like, let me make myself clear. And so, he, he actually, JD, literally takes out a gun. Pulls out a gun. Pulls out a gun. <laughs> in a high school. In a high school, and just shoots these guys, but doesn't actually shoot them. Actually shoots them with blanks, what we find
1: out. Yeah. Because then the next scene and is, like, literally, the Heather's talking about it. The Heather's talking, they're playing croquet, they're talking about him. Mm. Yeah, doesn't get expelled for that, which... no. Nah you know, whatever yeah. it's fine
0: uh but anyway so the heathers uh they're playing croquet all that good stuff and then veronica's there too because it's her house and so they're then like all leaving the heathers all leave together and so um we find out during this conversation though that there is a party uh at remington university i think it's called or something like that mm-hmm. um and heather uh chandler and veronica are going there tonight And that's what's going to happen. We find out a little bit about that earlier, but this is when we actually know. So then, uh, when the Heathers leave, Veronica and her parents sit down for some pate, Mm -hmm. as you do when you're rich. (laughs) As one one does, you know. Yes, as one does. And anyway, so then um, you have them, and it's literally, uh, I love how they do this. So Veronica's talking about whatever, and then her mom's just like, well, you know something something or other the parents are so incidental Mm. in this movie really especially veronica's
1: yeah and and that's like intentional though like just just to kind of show how um you know superficial their relationship is Mm -hmm. how the parents aren't Mm -hmm. you know really present in the lives of their kids agreed
0: yeah that's really what it is so like you know uh and then her dad says you know god damn it why do i do this and then she just says like because you're an idiot you're an idiot. And then she's Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. And then the mom just goes, you too. Like, it's very superficial, right? You were totally Mm -hmm. talking. Uh, Yeah, totally talking about that. Um, And it's supposed to be like that. So then, uh, you know, Veronica also just says, like, you know, great pate, but I got a motor if I going to make that party on time. And so she then leaves We then see Veronica stopping over at the Snappy Snack Shack Which was going to be 7-Eleven But 7-Eleven was like, fuck no, we're not letting you use this Mm -hmm. And so she goes to the Snappy Snack Shack to get some snacks Corn nuts in particular for Heather BQ or plane Um, BQ And so she meets JD there And so he talks about how like, you know Hey, I've moved around a bunch but there's always a Snappy Snack Shack And you know, I can have a turbo dog It makes me feel normal and so they talk a little bit outside when they're done, and pretty much what they're talking about is just like, "Hey, what are you doing here? Like, what, what's what's up?" And be like, "How is yeah. your life going? Your life must be perfect." And she's like, "Nah, not really. I kind well, of hate my friends. I don't really like
1: my friends. They're like <laughs> right? people I work with, and our job has to be being popular and shit." Exactly. Yeah. So it's so funny because the thing is about this movie is you
0: don't find out how Veronica got in with the Heather's. It just starts no, off. Yeah. That way. So it's kind of like, okay, I guess she's
1: popular. Um, We don't know. Which is something they talk about in the musical. Um, The musical starts with like the day that she meets and becomes friends with the Heathers. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Which is kind of cool
0: which we don't even know if it's like a Katie Heron kind of situation or like whatever the hell, but like, you know, who knows? Uh, That's a whole other movie though. But anyway, so uh, (laughs) they talk outside a little bit, but you know, they do see that JD and Veronica, they do uh, have a nice little connection with each other going on. Yeah. And it won't be the last time they see each other. So then you have Veronica and Heather go to the party at Remington University.
1: And so it's like, yeah.
0: yeah, it's like your normal college party. But we find out, because we have this cut in between, we have this cut with Veronica writing in her diary about how her night went. Mm -hmm. And so we find out that pretty much, like, I think it was Heather Chandler, she hooks up with a guy, she ends up giving him oral, from what we assume Mm -hmm. or what we can infer. And Veronica is just like, oh god, this is horrible, she's drinking, she doesn't really know her tolerance. Mm -hmm. And she, like, talks to this guy who just is trying to get laid, and she's just like,
1: yeah, you're yeah. like, ugh. You know, men, horrible. Yeah. And, you know, Winona Ryder's wearing this, like, kimono and a monocle, yes. and yes. it's just, when it's she's just riding, fabulous. Yeah. It's yeah. really nice. And she has, like, a nice party outfit on when she's at the
0: party. Mm-hmm. But then pretty much what happens is that so and we also see a scene with Heather who has like taken some water or mouthwash in her mouth and she just spits it in the smear. She's looking at herself in, being mm-hmm. like, you dirty mm-hmm. girl, you dirty, dirty girl. Yeah. Uh, how could you do that? But anyway, so they meet back up in the movie. So Veronica and Heather meet up. She's like, I don't feel good right now. Like Veronica's like, I don't feel yeah. good. Like We need to get out. And so she's like, no, fuck. No, we're not leaving. Like Heather's no, no. And so then, well, Veronica pukes on Heather's shoes right in the middle of the party. She blows chunks. Yep. Wonderful. Great. Anyway, so that definitely, uh, is a fallout that they have, so they go out. And yeah. by this point, um, Veronica had been playing with like some matches, and she put one accidentally mm-hmm. in her like alcohol, and then she just like threw that out a window, and it went into
1: a trash can. So no, it's like so atmospheric. <laughs> it's like like the the trash can fire, and there's like the blue gel lighting. It's so good. Yeah, uh, but they go outside mm-hmm.
0: of the party because you know they're just like you stupid fuck, and then Veronica's like you god you goddamn, goddamn bitch. bitch, and then they're just like you know, talking, and talking, and whatever, be like, is this what I get for you? Is this what I get? Like, I got paid in puke, you know, like, and then Veronica's just like, Veronica, baby, lick it up, baby, lick it, oh, up, lick baby. it, up. Lick it up. Yep. Wow. Iconic so, line. so good. So, so good. And people don't even know sometimes where it maybe comes from, but it kind of just comes from this movie. Um, but mm-hmm. this is when Heather says, you know what, transfer to Washington, transfer to Jefferson, like, nobody at Westerberg's gonna play your reindeer games like your history you thought you were gonna be in my little group Mm-mm, nope you know uh, Veronica's like shit okay ah oh, fuck so mm-hmm. they fall out they go home respectively again Veronica is a d- journal writer so you know she's writing writing mm-hmm. writing So then we see that Veronica throws her diary across the room and in the meantime JD has stopped by and uh, he says hey I saw that you have a set out there you up for a game of croquet Mm -hmm. and instead they play strip croquet and they just have sex in Veronica's backyard apparently. Yes. Yeah. You know as As you you do um so veronica talks to jd about a little bit of you know oh god my life is a mess Mm -hmm. at one time just one time i'd like to see heather chandler blow chunks so he's like all right well let's let's do a little something right so the next morning they go to uh heather's house heather chandler's house they just break in pretty much well they didn't break in. (laughs) i mean it was unlocked but they it's breaking in and kind of so anyway they go into her kitchen and they're like, all right, what can we do to make her throw up? All right, mm-hmm. cool. Let's do, let's do like orange juice and milk. That, may, that that might be good. Or maybe we can do like, you know, some soup in a Coke can. Let's do that. But JD yeah. has the bright idea that, oh, hey, let's just take some drain cleaner and put it and have <laughs> her drink that. And Veronica's just like, what the fuck? Like, that'll kill her. We don't want to kill her. Like, what are you talking about? So they decide they're like, OK, well, maybe we can do the orange juice and milk thing and then just yeah, like hawk up yeah. a, a phlegm globber in it. Right. And so mm-hmm. they try to do that, but it didn't work. But OK, milk and orange juice, that should work just fine. It'll make her kind of puke mm-hmm. and they'll get what they want. Now, in the meantime, though, she's made the concoction. But then uh, J.D. has also put this drain cleaner in a mm-hmm. cup and there's like a cover because it's like she won't drink anything that looks like that. So we got to like cover it up. So he really does, like, I think he switches the cups, it seems like, when she's not looking, Mm because he kisses her. And that's how he distracts her. And so he switches the cups, and so she actually takes the drain cleaner, and then the actual, what she made is what is left behind. Mm -hmm. So then they go upstairs, and then, you know, uh, Heather Chandler's, like, you know, looking all fabulous on her bed. Yeah. Yeah she's waking up on her clamshell bed.
1: And so then in her, in her clamshell bed, like fucking Barbie. Yeah. No, like
0: literally. But so there's that. And then um, she wakes up, she's like Veronica. And I don't know what she calls the uh, J.D. She's guy. so calm too. I love it. She is really calm, but she's just like, you know, did uh, she's, references how you puked on my shoes last night. Um, And Veronica's like, I think we said a bunch of things that we didn't mean yesterday. And then she's like, okay, whatever. And here's a peace offering, you know, here's this. And Mm -hmm. she's like, what'd you do? Like, spit in it? Like, I'm not gonna drink that piss. And then He's like, well, if you, if you're not going to do it, like if you're chicken, like, you know, or whatever. Or if you're like not going to do it, if you're not up for a challenge. And she's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, whatever. Like, you know, just give me the cup jerk. Like I'll drink whatever the hell you're making me try to drink. Apparently it's a hangover career is what they tell her. Um, Yes. Yeah. So she doesn't look at what she's drinking in this like little mug or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so she downs it pretty much. And we find yeah. out that it's the drain cleaner she actually drank, and so we see that she's starting to retch it, retch it, whatever, all that, mm-hmm. and then she like takes her um her hands on her throat, and she's just like
1: nuts, corn nuts,
0: and she literally falls through her glass table, shattering the glass. Pretty much, she dies, and so they're just like shocked as hell, and they're just like, oh my god, like what the fuck, like this is horrible, like what yeah. are we supposed to do? So then JD has the wonderful idea that, okay, we need to make this look like it was an accident. Mm-hmm. It was suicide, pretty much. Gotta do something. So they're like, okay, well, I guess we can, like, you know, do that or whatever. And, like, she just doesn't know what to do with herself, to be honest. Good old Veronica, she because she apparently could do everyone else's handwriting, which is weird because her handwriting is horrible. But anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, you know, JD is the one who's making up the... Pretty much, I guess the what is it? Suicide the note. Suicide note, right. And so she's like, this is good. Like, have you done this before? And they don't say it, but I guess he has mm-hmm. thought of it's this implied. before. Mm-hmm. It's applied. And yeah, so mm-hmm. they just leave this and so people start to find out about Heather Chandler and how she died. So then we move into a faculty meeting of the uh school pretty much. Mm -hmm. and So we have these teachers all sitting around. One of them is uh, Penelope Milford playing Pauline Fleming. Um, You have the principal there. I like the one English teacher who um, during the scene before said, uh, (laughs) they said, uh, in the suicide, you use the word myriad. And Veronica's like, well, that's good. But we, you know, she failed the vocab test on the word myriad or whatever. Yeah. That's even better and so and so pretty much like i like the english teacher being like i liked her use of the word myriad, like myriad. The use. yeah so good anyways so they're talking a little bit and you know um pauline fleming's all like i think it's just tragic that you know this is just so that whatever she's talking about <laughs> you know. and then the principal's just like thank you miss fleming like you know call me when the spaceship comes." yeah <laughs> so they have that and it's just showing how she's unaffected. like yeah
1: yeah, she's, like, she's like the school, like, wellness coach, or, like, something. I don't know what she, she's something, like, the guidance counselor.
0: Right, exactly. So you're just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so Heather and Veronica, they're in the lock, uh, the Heathers and Veronica are in the locker room together. And pretty much what's happening is that, uh, oh, they're, you know, oh, Heather Chandler's dead. And, like, Heather, Heather Duke is literally just eating chicken. She's just like, oh, you're actually eating? She's like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Unbothered. Unbothered. <laughs> totally understand. Uh, anyway, so Veronica is all like, you know, some girl comes up to her. It's the girl from earlier, and she's like, Sorry to hear about your friend. I just thought she was a dumb, you know, airheaded bitch. We were all wrong. And then you're like, Okay. And then Veronica's just like, What the fuck? This is horrible. <laughs> so she just like walks into the shower and literally just like gets in the shower with all of her clothes on. And then Heather McNamara is like, Veronica. What are you doing? Are you okay? How you doing, no. buddy? <laughs> no, she's She's not. in shock.
1: Yeah. She's not okay.
0: Do, yeah, she's not okay. Um, I do appreciate that they do not linger on Winona Ryder's body, because they kind of couldn't, because mm. she was underage. Uh, yeah. You know, so thank God. But anyway, so... You then have class with Miss Fleming, so I guess this is her talking about, you know, they're decompressing after this event, everyone's talking about their feelings, so you have fucking the one guy um, from Habitat for Humanity or whatever the fuck trying to mm-hmm. you know, raise money, um, he's all like, well, Heather and I used to date, or whatever, and then you're like, okay, what the fuck, <laughs> whatever, and I like how Veronica is just, like, in the, she's, like, sitting down in like, a... A couch thingy or like she's sitting down not in a desk and yeah, she's just yeah. like, laughing she thinks everything is so funny about this but then <laughs> it's funny because she's laughing and then it looks like she's crying because she's just
1: like oh yeah I'm supposed to be sad right yeah but, and then it yeah. cuts to the funeral right which is so it funny because kind
0: of sort of because then you have well not quite yet we see Veronica and JD together and they're watching mm-hmm. um, footage of people oh that's who, right yeah. yeah who have um So, they're watching, like, I guess news footage or whatever. So, like, the guy Mm -hmm. who was talking about how how they used to date is on there. And then you have um, Heather Duke is there. And she's just like, we used to be able to share the same size and blah, 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 and whatever. (laughs) Um, And she's like, Heather, how many things did you run to? Which is funny. Uh, And so then, yeah, they're just talking about Heather or whatever the hell they did. Mm -hmm. And then we get our intro to JD's dad, Big Bob, or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, yeah. And so we get He's a little so bit so creepy. Into- he is really creepy. I don't. I don't yeah. like him. He's freaky. Anyway, but yeah. So we have our intro to him, and they have this little thing where, like, you know, the dad calls, a, "Hey, you know, dad," and then you know, JD calls him, "Oh, hey, sport," or whatever. Mm-hmm, so there's that. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit of the idea that JD doesn't have a mom. I guess we do get introduced to that a little bit. And then we have Veronica going back to her parents uh, before the funeral. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is where, uh, you know, she's in her like funeral, you know, garb or whatever. And again, it's pretty much the same scene that was before, um, before she went to the party, where it's literally like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. oh, uh, are we ever going to meet this like young boy yep. or whatever that you're with or whatever the hell? And then her dad is like smoking and he's just like, tell me why I smoke these things. And he, she's just like, Cause you're an idiot because you're an idiot. Exactly. And so that's what happens with that. She's like, oh, great pate, but I got a motor if I'm going to make it to this Mm -hmm. funeral or whatever. So you have that. And then you actually have Heather Chandler's funeral, which we have Glenn Shattuck playing the priest. Rest in peace. He was the voice of the mayor in The Nightmare Before Christmas. He was in Beetlejuice. Love him. So, you know, it's very sad that he has since passed away very sad Uh, but anyway so it happens but we have this whole funeral going on you know everyone's there and it's all nice and wonderful yeah sort of for as good as a funeral as will be and then we see each person go up and give their respective prayers so we have like the morbid prayer from the jeremy applegate guy who's all like you know He's all yikes. like, you know yeah. yeah, yikes, not good. Um it's just very ironic. But there's that. Um, there's like the jock who I think it's Ram or Kurt, he says like, you know, yeah. why'd kill such hot snatch and you're just like ew gross? You see that Heather Duke has just prayed for her death and she didn't Mm -hmm. think that you know it did i knew it was wrong every time (laughs) but i see that you were listening
1: praise god thank you jesus hallelujah yeah it's so good uh but yeah
0: (laughs) so anyway they're leaving you know so like um heather mcnamara is using the holy water to like do her hair and she's like hey veronica what are you doing and she's like i Mm -hmm. don't know like Mm -hmm. you know just hanging out probably watching tv yeah, in the morning, what are you doing? So, Heather <laughs> asks her to double date with, um, because I guess, yeah. uh, that girl's, uh, Heather McNamara's with one of the jocks and like they have to go on a double date or whatever the fuck. I was <laughs> like, okay, fine, mm-hmm. whatever. So she's like, okay, I kind of had something up with JD, but like, okay, whatever, you're my friend. I guess I'll do it. It's fine. Um, then you have, uh, the scene outside, uh, this is where they uh, had just married at. Um, so yep. the in pasadena and so they are <laughs> there Kurt and ram are there and they are what are they doing they're like they are saying something about something i don't remember but like these two mm-hmm. geeks are there and they're all like you know oh no like the geeks like walk by them and i think they step on their shoe or something like that some bullshit yeah And anyway, so, like, let's kick his ass. And be like, no, let's not. And then the one, like, geek guy, like, turns around. He's like, oh, yeah, sit and spin. And he flicks him off. And then they, like, (laughs) run around and they, like, chase him or whatever. And then he gets him on the ground. So, like, the Kurt Aram gets them on the ground. And he's like, you know, um, pretty much saying mercy or whatever. He's like, say you, like, suck Mm big dicks and then he's like <laughs> he's like what whatever and this was really funny to me because like literally the geek is like being tormented um for good reason he was being a dick but anyway so yeah. like he he's like he even says something he's just like okay okay you like to suck big dicks like you know, and then he's like oh no, no 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 and then he's just like i can't get enough of them mm. and i'm just like girl as a gay i'm like hey it's, Same. Not the size, it's not the size of the, the boat, it's the motion of the ocean. You know? <laughs> but whatever, it's fine. But anyway, this movie is not exactly the gayest of friendlies. although the gays love it. But, you know, it was the 80s, whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, so you have that, but then JD also drives by on his motorcycle that he has. Um, mm-hmm. Who gave him a motorcycle license? I don't know. But anyway, so you have that going on and you see him drive by being like, all right, like those, those are our next targets, I guess. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: then we see that, you know, Heather and Heather McNamara and Veronica, they go and she's like, oh, no, don't worry. You know, it will be fine. Like, we're going to do this double date. And she's like, well, I hope it's not just us like, you know, sitting in a field somewhere and like,
1: catching them Exactly, and
0: then that's what it is, um, and then it turns them. out, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it turns out to be that. It's great, and so they tip over. So Ram and uh, Kurt they tip over a cow, and then mm-hmm. literally the manure just gets into the girl's face. So that's a great, wonderful way to you know have a date, I guess. And then you have a legit a sexual assault in the movie, kind of, sort of, mm-hmm. pretty much, where it's like who's with who. So I think it's Veronica is with Ram. And then I think Kurt is with uh, the other Heather.
1: With Heather, yeah. But,
0: like, literally, like, Kurt and Heather or whatever are just, like, literally Mm -hmm. making out in the back. But, like, I think it's kind of against her will a little bit. It's just, like, really weird. Yeah, totally. She's just, like, literally getting date raped. It's not funny at all, but it's just really odd. And Again, satire. Mm -hmm. And, like, literally just, like, Veronica just, like, goes and leaves. Because then JD's up at the top of this hill that he's at. Because they're at the bottom of the hill.
1: Mm -hmm. and she like
0: is like hey i got covered in like fucking cow manure and mud uh and he's like jd's just like hey let's 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 go on right i say in my notes veronica and jd scamper off they scamper Mm -hmm. off to go do whatever the hell then we have the next day in the yearbook room newspaper room whatever you want to call it and we have that a rumor has now spread so veronica comes into the the room and um she's talking to uh the one gentleman who is like the editor played by phil lewis and they have this like weird fucking like memorial for like heather chandler that's gonna be in the yearbook apparently which I'm just like, yeah okay. it's like a spread <laughs> yeah it's like a spread but then also rumor has spread because veronica says something about like yeah i just don't think it has much taste or it's kind of tasteless it's and then somebody says oh like last night veronica and she's like excuse me what did you say
1: excuse me what
0: yeah and so we find out from jeremy applegate's character we find out from him that apparently the uh rumor was that Curtin ram had a little sword fight in veronica's mouth last mm-hmm. night she's just mm-hmm. like ew and again veronica don't kink shame it's fine but you know <laughs> that, that isn't nice for them to say that and they're just saying that because you know fucking they're losers pretty much but whatever mm-hmm and so she's just like okay this is fucking gross and so we see the next later that night um we see that veronica decides she wants to call kurt and ram uh with jd in the room and so she calls kurt to go arrange a threesome with uh
1: Mm -hmm. pretty
0: much and so jd is then talking a little bit as well do you remember what he says the um after they get off the phone with each other do you happen to remember that Oh, gosh. Say something. I don't remember what don't. they all say. Anyway, he's talking a little bit about whatever the fuck. Oh, you know what it is. So he's talking about how, like, hey, here's what we're going to do, right? So he's yeah. talking about, like, how, you know, well, don't worry. Like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lead them out into the woods, pretty much. And we're going to make it seem like they're gay. That's what we're going to do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, shocker, right?
1: And then and he so, brings over all the the gay paraphernalia.
0: Yes. <laughs> so that's like... uh a issue of Stud Puppy, you have a uh, Liza Minnelli or a Joan Crawford... Joan um,
1: Crawford postcard!
0: As And then we have that, and then the big one is Mineral Water. Very much Tu yeah. Tuong Fu thing as well. By the way, Tuong Fu is on, um, Tubi right now, go watch it. But anyway, so, uh, yeah i know right but anyway so yeah. uh they decided to talk about that and so then they're talking about like okay so you're telling me like if we shoot these guys we can use mm-hmm. these bullets that are not gonna like
1: kill them apparently kill them, yeah
0: um because he did it before i guess so mm-hmm. like all right cool and he says that they are Ish luga bullets and they got he got them from like his grandfather in world war ii or whatever the fuck anyway so then we see the next scene is veronica meeting ram and kurt in the woods at dawn like mm-hmm. she was talking about on the phone with them, and mm-hmm. pretty much what happens is that, you know, I think Kurtz just says, like, so should I just, like, whip it out or we whatever? just, like, whip it out or what? Yeah, yeah, right. You got all butch there for a minute, Donovan. Okay, listen. <laughs> you are almost a married man. Yeah? So listen but anyway so yeah but they they meet in the woods she has like a little circle you know for each one of them respectively and so they strip down to their underwear and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then we see that you know she's counting down she's like, all right one two, one, two, two, and then jd comes out he shoots i think kurt if i'm not mistaken or ram i think actually uh, he shoots mm-hmm. him and then veronica is about to shoot kurt and she misses and then you know again she's thinking like oh these aren't actually gonna kill and he's like did you really just miss like that and then he she's like yeah but it was so you know priceless to see their face and he's like oh no no, don't worry i got you and so he's she's chasing after he's chasing after kurt at this point point. Mm-hmm. and then veronica because she's just a little bit she's very smart apparently uh, yeah. from what we found earlier but she lacks some sense apparently because she really (laughs) thought that these were just like bullets that weren't going to hurt anybody but she realizes that uh ram is actually dead and jd is chasing down kurt pretty much Mm -hmm. so they run all around all around in the meantime you do see that there are these police officers that are in the mix a little bit too because they did hear the shots at some point and then pretty much what happens is that J.D. leads uh, Kurt back to where mm-hmm. the Clearing was. And pretty much what happens is that Veronica actually just shoots Kurt. And that's pretty much what happens there. And uh, now they're dead. And so they had to set up their plan of like making him seem like they're gay. Do you have any other thoughts about this particular scene or anything like that? No, it's just like... It's a very known scene, I guess, right? Like, people know it, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this is a pretty pretty known scene in the movie i do love the the dumb police officers who find they're them. really stupid right
0: and they find them like <laughs> making out in the car or whatever and then yeah like, one guy doesn't even think like- to question them be like are they naked and then he's like ew that's weird like yeah. Their <laughs> yeah it is kind of lame that like the whole thing is you know like oh these like jocks are like homosexuals or whatever and you're just like mm-hmm. yeah whatever now yeah you got the remake whatever now they're all gay but anyway so it's <laughs> fine um, but yeah so then you have after all of that after the police have kind of come through and all this kind of mm-hmm. shit You see that Veronica and JD have come back to the school. They're sitting in um, his car, I guess. And so they're both just, like, having a cigarette in their mouths. And, like, you know, so she pushes, like, the lighter in her car to, like, you know, be able to use it. And she just literally takes, (laughs) she, like, you know, pops it out. And then she just is so in shock and so so despondent, if you will, that pretty much she, like, just uses it to, like, herself.
1: (laughs) To feel and something, course, yeah. Jay- there's definitely yeah. also self harm in this movie too. Um, yeah, warning for that. Oh, but. Another trigger warning. It's yeah, you know, it is. yeah, yeah,
0: not fun. Um, but then of course, like JD has to light his cigarette on her, like, uh, wound. Yeah. Wound. <laughs> what a dick. Anyway, so. Then you see that um, they have the repressed homosexual suicide pact. Um, so, you know, didn't you hear? School's canceled today because, you know, Kurt and Ram killed themselves in a repressed homosexual sexual suicide pact. I love the way that the girl says this in that really too. It's very funny
1: because the they heathers, say that the, the full title every time too. It's so you have
0: to. Uh, anyway. So yeah. Anyway. So then you have like, cause the Heather's come up and they see like the two in the car uh, and they're like, yeah. oh, young love. There must be the brothers quarrel or whatever. But then you move into Kurt and Ram's funeral, which is also an iconic scene because uh, the jocks are literally in their football outfits. (laughs) So stupid. And um, they're both dead in their football outfits. And so I think it's Kurt's dad who's talking about like, you know, his son and how he still loves his son. And this is where we get the iconic lie. Yep. I love my dead gay son. Um, and we see that uh, Heather, uh, so Veronica and I think JD are there, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe the one that Heather's is there, and mm-hmm. she's laughing. And then we see that, like, I think it's one of their sisters, one of their little sisters, you know, um, Kurt or yeah. uh is like there, and you see like she was crying and like crying, yeah, yeah. Veronica feels like a, a dick, which she should feel kind of like a dick. Well, she, she should yeah. feel like a dick. Yes. She did kill them. <laughs> she did kill them. So you don't get off the hook, though. yeah. Anyway, we have our next faculty meeting after this suicide that happened. Um, So again, it's one of these things that we have in there. And then we have something called the New Happiness, which I guess Miss Fleming is spearheading to try to make yourself not kill yourself, apparently.
1: yeah. It it reminds me of um, the, you know, the classes that they took in Donnie Darko? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Yeah, I know you're talking about. Like, self-help classes. Exactly,
0: right. And so they're in the lunchroom, so Miss Fleming's in the lunchroom, and she's just, like, trying to get everyone to get up and, like, feel their feelings, apparently. Okay, cool, whatever. (laughs) Um, So then, you know, again, because, like, uh, J.D. and uh, Veronica are not into any of this, Mm -hmm. so they end up leaving. And pretty much what happens is that uh, Veronica and J.D., they end up at J.D.'s house, I guess, and they're... There, um, just chilling, apparently. And yeah. <laughs> we see that his dad comes in there as well. He's like on his like Stairmaster or whatever the fuck, his like electrical <laughs> bullshit. We find out that J D then shares that pretty much his dad blew his mom up, I think. Um, so mm-hmm. his dad's also a killer, I think. Because his dad is like a, a demolitioner
1: pretty much he like destroys so, like his, his in- mom ran into the building at the very last minute i think is what yeah. happened right gotcha yeah.
0: yeah so they're like fighting veronica and jd are fighting or whatever because they're just like listen it's one thing you know to like say okay they were just being dicks but like i didn't want them dead and then you know yeah. he's all like you know all they were gonna be good for is just like age jokes and like date rape or whatever you know yeah. so he's like we're doing him a favor you know whatever and so then you have um JD turns the radio on and he like tunes it to the station where they have a song called uh, "Teenage Suicide." Don't do it by Big Fun. Yeah, it's actually a catchy kind of song. And so mm-hmm. he ends up taking one of his guns and he just like shoots the radio. And this is where we have <laughs> the line of "That's it, we're breaking up.
1: We're breaking up."
0: <laughs> yep, it's a very, very much that. I love it. It's very funny at this point I think Veronica is just like alright we're breaking up we are done JD we're not doing this anymore I can't stand
1: you Yeah. so okay cool and then it gets a little like domestic violence yes
0: it does yes it does
1: not cool
0: anyway so then that happens and in the meantime yeah you know, we have that okay they're all like it does get weird cause like he's just like doesn't know when to say no and it's just really weird mm-hmm. anyway so then JD meets with Heather Duke and he decides to blackmail her, pretty much, mm-hmm. um, because what we find out is that Heather Duke and Martha were actually friends when they He's were kids. BFFs. Yeah. Yes, and they have yeah. photos and everything. And she's just like, "Oh God!" So then JD yeah. gives Heather Duke this red um, hair ribbon that he has, and so then in the meantime, okay, he gets this hair ribbon, and then find that Veronica has now went back to her friend Betty. Um mm-hmm. and now they're playing croquet in her her backyard, which is fun. And so Veronica uh so Betty calls Veronica like Ronnie, for example. And it's just nice to yeah. talk to each other and just get to know one another. But then fucking yeah. like the Heathers come over, those remaining Heathers come over. These and bitches. so Yeah, and Betty just kinda like leaves, you know, and she's just like, Yeah, I'm gonna go now. Thanks for the you know, croquet yeah. game. Like thanks for hanging out with me. It's nice. that's <laughs> so that's cool. Mm-hmm. So then we have Martha, who is just sitting by herself. Uh, yeah. And we see that it's supposed to be in the gym, I guess, and apparently we think that there's a game going on because of the sound. However, there isn't anything going on. She's just sitting in the empty gym, like on the bleachers by herself. Yeah. She drinks yeah. a uh, she drinks a uh, Coke or something, you know, that then spills all over her, and she's just like, "Ugh, mm-hmm. whatever." And
1: this yeah. leads her
0: enough to then just like try to walk out in traffic, she's apparently. Trying to
1: kill herself. She
0: Just try to kill herself. And that's actually sympathetic because yeah. she's actually a character that is totally not deserving of that. But, yeah. um, and so then you have, uh, after you see all that, and then Veronica comes back home, I think. Heather Duke, so you have know, Veronica comes in there, and then Heather Duke comes into Veronica's house. And mm-hmm. she's telling her that like, hey, like Martha Dump truck, like, you know, waddled into traffic and like got hit by a car or whatever. And Veronica's like, Well, is she dead? Like, what's wrong with her? And she's like, No, that's the worst part. Like, you know, she's in critical condition, yeah. but like she's still alive. And then pretty much like, you know, Heather says something about like, you know, it's the geeks like trying to, you know, imitate the the popular or whatever. And so Veronica just slaps Heather at that point. Like, yeah, what? Be the bitch. Like, What's wrong with yeah. you, dude? Anyway, so Veronica and Heather go up into her room because, of course, they do because you just slapped her. But you know, but we're, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She they go up and listen to the radio, um, and they're listening to like you know music or whatever. But then it's like a talk radio show, and they hear mm-hmm. Heather McNamara calling into that radio. Yes. Thing. And so the reason she's calling in, so first off, she's trying to find a pseudonym for herself. So first off, she uses Madonna. And then she uses another name, uh, or whatever. Then she and so she's talking mm-hmm. about how, like, you know, all of her problems, like her parents are divorced, and the guy that she just lost her virginity to, killed himself the next day.
1: Like mm-hmm. all this kind of
0: shit or whatever, right? So we see Heather's Heather is going through it, and Heather Duke is all like, she knows we listen to this show. Like, we're a Crucifier. Because uh, Heather's just become emboldened at this point. Yeah. Uh, Heather Duke. Yeah. So then we see, uh, next day at school, we see Heather McNamara in her cheerleading outfit. She's sitting in class. Mm-hmm. And we see that, you know, she runs out of the classroom. Because I think Veronica is also there too. And I think that Heather Duke is there as well. They're all in class together. Yeah. And uh, yeah. she runs out there and, you know, all that. And we see that uh, Heather McNamara is going to try and kill herself by swallowing a bunch of pills, which is one of the worst ways to go, honestly. Um, yeah. Because you don't actually end up, like, instantly dying from that. So No. Thing. Ugh. I, I do like the line of, damn child protective caps. Um, <laughs> oh God, it's so stupid. <laughs> but it's, it's good, though. It's it's so it's, good. It's, it's that dark humor. That's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she tries to kill herself. So, like, Veronica, like... You know, so Heather got up and like left and she's and the teacher's like, where's she going? And then Heather Duke's all like, she's gonna go cry. And then Veronica like runs after her. And mm-hmm. he's like, where's she going? And so then we see that, you know, stop it, you know, and all that. And so, you know, mm-hmm. Veronica's just like, you know, girl. I mean, there's no reason to, like, kill yourself. Like, yeah. don't do that. And so they're sitting on the floor of the bathroom, which is gross, but okay, I'll let it happen um, <laughs> for the movie. And so then that's pretty much, you know, they're sitting down there. And there's, there's also a nice little line in here where it says something about, like, if you were happy every day of your life, you wouldn't be a human being. You'd be a game show host, mm-hmm. which... In a way, I mean, I don't know how deep this script really is. I don't know. But, like, there is some of that. It's just showing that, like, hey, you know, you don't have to be happy every single day of your life. That's not normal. Like,
1: we have feelings. Mm
0: -hmm. So, anyway. But they get to, like, have their little makeup session Mm -hmm. and whatever. It's nice and fun. Heather then burns blackmail photos as well. Yeah. So she burns those. And so, in the meantime, JD gives Heather a... Uh, Heather Duke, a uh, petition for people to sign. So because she's popular, she has everyone sign this petition or whatever. But she kind of, like, uh, fudges the truth exactly on what they've been signing. This is also where we have the iconic shot of um, Heather Duke just, like, uh, sitting out on, like, this windowsill. Oh my god, it's so
1: epic. With The the way that the light is, like, coming through the window, just, like, backlighting her, just... Yeah. yeah, and then she really starts cute. wearing red. Mm-hmm. Yes. So red becomes her color now. She's exactly. taken over as the main Heather.
0: Absolutely, yep. So then Veronica and Heather they fight with each other after that scene. You know, saying like, you know, Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? You know, and uh, <laughs> all that kind of
1: stuff. Heather, why are you being such a mega bitch?
0: Exactly. She was because I can happy. be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So anyway, we have that and. You know, even Heather says something about, like, you know, do you think that if, like, Betty Finn's, like, if her fairy godmother made her cool, she'd be still with her about friends? Uh-uh, Veronica. Mm-hmm. We see JD is also, after Heather leaves, we see him talking mm-hmm. to Veronica. He thinks she's going to come back to him at this point, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's not the case. Uh, and he's like, no, she's like, no, JD, it's over. Whatever you want to do, but, like, we're not, we're not together. We're not doing this. You're, you're done with me. So then, in the meantime, while Veronica's on her way home, she Mm -hmm. uh, apparently JD calls uh, Veronica's parents because they're sitting at home. She's like, "Hey, what's up?" And then pretty much we find out that JD had called her parents to say, "Oh, we think she's going to kill herself or whatever."
1: Yeah, and so they have they try to have a
0: talk with her, her, but they're really bad at it because they're bad parents. Um, Mm -hmm. So like you know, they're saying we should keep you away from uh, pharmaceutical drugs. Sharp object, (laughs) closed uh garage doors or whatever. Like, as you can see, what we said earlier, like trigger warning for suicide, but there's no actual suicide in this movie, and then also a lot of it is just played for this really dark comedy, if anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Veronica and JD are in her room, so like she goes up to her room and she's like, you know, taking a little bit of a nap or whatever, she's just tired. And so, uh, Veronica and JD, so JD comes into her room and they're all like, you know, they're talking about whatever and talking about just like how Heather has become so drunk with power at this point. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, well, what are we going to do? We got to cut off the head. Right. You know? So we're going to, and so Veronica and JD end up going to Heather Duke's house to go and kill her at this point. That, um, and so then uh, this is where they go through like her kitchen or whatever. And they're yeah. like, you know, try to figure out like, okay, we're going to slit her wrists. Like, that's what we'll do. And so um, they find the the knife. And then Heather's, uh, so Veronica's all like, you know, she wouldn't slit her wrist with a dirty knife like that. Like, can you at least slit it <laughs> off? Yeah. I think I know her a little bit better than you do. Right. And then this is where like JD is also like, nag, 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 nag. And you're like, fine. Can you see your fucking reflection in it? So then we see that JD like goes on about whatever. And so then we see that he actually does kind of, we don't see it actually happen, but like we're implied that like he kills Heather um, Duke to kind of finish it all Mm -hmm. out. And we see the iconic Heather Duke funeral where she's like laying in, you know, whatever. And yeah. he had also taken his her copy of Moby Dick and found words in it. And the one word he thought was interesting was Eskimo, was which at this Eskimo. point was Inuit, but whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, they used that term, I guess. And so, again, Glenn Shattuck is back as the priest, and he's, <laughs> like, presiding over this funeral. And each, I love this because, like, everybody's there, and they're all in these, like, white get-ups with these, like, 3D glasses on. It's so yeah,
1: amazing. It's- So So at this
0: point you know it's surreal. At this point, Um, yeah, you know this is a
1: dream. Yeah, at this point
0: you kind of realize if you didn't already, because at first you don't realize, and then you're like, ah, shit. Yeah. Then yeah, Heather Chandler comes back from the dead looking all fabulous, and she's just like, I had like way more people come out to my funeral, whatever, and she's like, she's all dragged
1: out. Uh, she's mm-hmm. so
0: dragged out i love it and she's all like she's like veronica the afterlife is just so boring um <laughs> and whatever and then we see that like you know i made your favorite you know because we find out that um veronica likes spaghetti with a lot of oregano and yeah. we then find that again this is all a dream and so she wakes up from her like dream or whatever yeah and then veronica goes over she writes in her diary she's like Let's let's do this. Like we're gonna take JD down at this point. This is what we're gonna do. Mm. So you know, let's let's give him something where he didn't actually have it happen. Like let's let's do yeah. That. So then we see that JD actually has been outside this whole time, and he came. He was gonna come in through her window, and so we see that Veronica fake kills herself so she fakes hangs herself pretty much we find out we do think it's real at one point i guess because pretty much what happens is that jd lays mm-hmm. out his entire plan of what's going to happen pretty much what he's going to do is he's going to blow up the school generally and so mm-hmm. he lays all this out to veronica while she's just hanging there because he's just like you could have just you know waited like whatever god he lays out his whole plan the petition was actually agreeing to be blown up because he reads from yeah. it all this stuff. So then he leaves after he hears uh, Veronica's mom come upstairs. And, you know, he's like, oh, shit, I should have got to get out of here. And so then uh, the mom, Veronica's mom, finds her body. And she's just like, oh, maybe I should have let you take that job at the mall. But I just the thought mall. you the... I know, right? It's so dumb. But, like, you know, then we see that, like, Veronica pokes her head up. And she's just like, hey, mom, it's a long face. And then she's just what yep. going on here? She duped him. She duped him. But she didn't believe, yeah, but he doesn't know necessarily, so we have the next day at school, so we see that, like, I believe JD comes to school with his dynamite, because we saw him working on his dynamite beforehand, um, and so then he comes there with his dynamite, he's gonna set it up in, like, uh, one of the bathrooms, I think underneath the school, and then end the gym, he's setting it up. And so Veronica comes to the school. Miss Fleming sees like her. And she's like, you know, I thought JD said that you killed yourself last night. And she's just, he's just like, she's just like, where is? He? <laughs> um, and then saying something about like, you know,
1: uh, choosing a, to a kill time. yourself is one of the most important decisions a teenager can make.
0: Yes. And then she says, get a job. It's so good. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, anyway. So then we see that so we see JD setting up his dynamite in the gym and all that. And then we see we see that Veronica is like walking through the hallway while everyone's in yeah. class. But then we see class change yeah. and the bell rings. And then pretty much what happens is that Veronica meets up with like one of the geek guys or whatever. And yeah, he's all like um, they're all heading over to a pep rally that apparently you have to go to. And so what ends up happening is like she asked one of the guys. She's like, what's underneath the school? What's underneath the gym? And then mm-hmm. he's like the boiler room, the boiler and she's room. like, "Oh, that's probably where he's at." So then we see that uh, JD is actually in the boiler room because that's where he's going to go set up the detonator. And mm-hmm. we see that Veronica and JD are underneath the school. Yes. So she has her gun, it's got her GAT, and she's about to like shoot <laughs> shoot DJD at this point. And she's just like, "Okay, I knew that. I knew that." And so then at some point, you know, they they wrestle a little bit and then JD knocks Veronica out at that point pretty much. Mm-hmm. We then see that JD and Veronica fight. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but pretty much we find out he puts the detonator yeah. on um in the boiler room to like set off the yeah. bombs and shit like that. And then pretty much uh we are cutting back to the pet rally. This is also very like uh Stanley Kubrick of them, like just the way that they cut back a lot agreed yeah. yeah yeah like Pets. you can tell this is very stylized how they do this ending for sure where i'm just very like, much so. damn. right yeah. you can tell that it's just not thrown together it's very thought out yeah so jd and veronica fight what ends up happening is like veronica ends up overpowering jd at some point this is also yeah. where we have the line of like the only place where people are truly nice to each other in high school is in heaven or whatever <laughs> so then we have uh veronica shoots off the middle finger of jd when he like flips yeah. her off or whatever which is really funny and so pretty much you know this is where veronica and jd they just come to uh the point of like how do i turn this off how do i de- how do i undetonate this bomb at this point point? and so he tells her how to do it and so she turns the bomb off so nobody dies thank god because new world pictures <laughs> didn't want that anyway so then we had veronica and jd so veronica is like walking outside She's been through so much. Our baby's been through so much. And (laughs) (laughs) and JD also walks out after her. And we see that he has like bombs just set up on his person to do a suicide. Yeah, he's talking about whatever the fuck. And the ending part, well, nearing the end of the movie at this point, we see that JD decides to blow himself up, which also then lights uh, Veronica's cigarette. She's smoking, which is hilarious. (laughs) It's very good, iconic. It's very good. Such a good ending, and you know, with that. So yeah, JD's dead. Some of the Heather, you know, the one Heather's dead at least, and some other people are dead. dead. Right. But then, you know, we're, we're clear in the end of this movie. So JD blows up and then Veronica walks back into the school. She sees that, you know, Duke. mm -hmm. Yeah. And she sees that, you know, she says, Heather, dear, there's a new sheriff in town.
1: Takes the scrunchie.
0: She takes the scrunchie from Heather Duke. And then she goes up to Martha, who is uh, okay. She's in a wheelchair. She's in like a Mm roll wheelchair. Um, and you know, uh, she says, Hey Martha, like my, my prom date kind of flaked out on me. So, you know, I thought we should maybe (laughs) like, you know, get some new releases, pop some popcorn, you know, just chill. Mm -hmm. And then Martha says her one lines of the movie, which is, I would like that. And so then, you know, you have that ending pretty much. And we end the movie there. This actually was supposed to be a little bit of a different ending at first. This is actually going to be um, the same kind of thing, but Martha wasn't going to be nice. She was actually going to mm-hmm. say, fuck you, Veronica. And she was going to like shoot mm. uh, Veronica in the face.
1: Oh, shit. I didn't know I know. It
0: was supposed to be a whole different story, but that's oh, not wow. what happened. We get this nice ending of Veronica and Martha being nice to each other.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. There's a new
0: sheriff, so now Veronica can you know, make people feel way better about themselves now i guess and then we close <laughs> on another cover of K sarah sarah by sly and the family stone which is mm-hmm. also great
1: which is also a great cover yeah it's so good it's so good
0: and then that's the end of heathers needless to say this movie is great i give it a four out of five i think on letterboxd i i just love it it's it's yeah. so like we were talking about before like it's the template of how you do a dark comedy for a teen movie yes. I it's had so much influence. Just I think with maybe young you know young ladies who like this movie, young gays who like this movie for whatever reason, um, maybe because of the fashions and just like strong women mm-hmm. is what we like. But yeah, I mean, I just I love this movie. I think it's a movie that you know it's right up my alley when it comes yeah. to these kinds of films and uh it's an early example you know um if you i think joe bob said it in a special you know, if you don't have heathers you don't have you don't have clueless you don't have jawbreaker no, you don't you have don't. scream maybe you know what i mean like, no, really yeah, true. That, like you could go dark with that mm-hmm. all the scream heads can come after me whatever fight me <laughs> does your cat have something to say too mine's sitting right oh, here
1: oh my cat loves heathers oh i love yeah that. um so which which heather are you which Heather am I, girl? I don't know. Ooh, I think I am. I'm Heather McNamara.
0: I'm pretty, <laughs> um. You know, but it's no. It's
1: Damn fine. these childproof caps. <laughs>
0: yes, but no, it's so true. But yeah, no, I, I'm, I like her. Yeah, I'm not a bitch like Heather Duke, but I'm not Heather Chandler either. I, i'm mm. in the middle so i am heather mcnamara plus also i'm the model of the group um <laughs> so it's funny. which one are you
1: um i think i'm a heather duke honestly i'm i'm in it for the long game you know
0: fair enough fair enough i get it
1: okay yeah fair. yeah
0: but yeah so you can find this movie on you know right now you can find it on tubi uh, amazon prime amazon
1: companies. prime yeah
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to wrap up about this movie and just anything like that?
1: Oh gosh, just um, if you haven't seen this film, please 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 give it give it a chance. Yes. It is yeah, the this, the the mother of all dark teen comedies I agree. and you know, has it's cold status for a reason. So I'm so glad that I got to talk about it with you today. Of this is fantastic. Yeah,
0: I love being able to talk to with stuff about, you know, why these movies came to be and why they became called classics and all that. It's kind of what my show is all about. But, you know, I I love being able to, of course, other people have covered others, but I I love getting a different perspective and from a Mm -hmm. a fan of like yourself, I really do appreciate that too. So I'm so glad to have had you on today, but thanks so much for coming on today. I do appreciate it. We're going to bring you back, you know, uh, we'll figure out how how to record and all that. Um, (laughs) We might bring you back for a nice spooky, spooky time perhaps Ooh, i teaser. would love
1: a spooky time yes gonna happen
0: but uh if you want people to find out where you are online you know please plug your your socials if you like
1: sure yeah if anyone wants to follow me you can um find me on instagram at donovan jm uh d-o-n-o-v-a-n j-m um yeah happy to talk movies with anyone mm-hmm. i am such a big film buff
0: yeah and then go watch his um go listen to his uh episodes on movies escape for sure very, very for
1: sure yeah. 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 yeah yeah and check uh, out them too they're great
0: yeah and then just support queer people love it love mm-hmm. all of that
1: well thanks yes. so much for coming
0: on donovan and i do appreciate it hope you have a good rest of your evening and uh yeah we'll we'll definitely have you back on take care bye right? Bye. As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so at cultcinemacircle at gmail.com if you'd like to give any movie recommendations, give feedback on the show, or if you'd just like to say hey, I'm open to all of it. You can also follow the show on Instagram at cultcinemacircle and on Twitter at cultcinemacircle. I tend to announce the movies that I'm going to be covering and just interact with people on there if they want. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at jesse, J-E-S-S-E kremp, K-R-E-M-P all one word. On that platform, I tend to log the movies that I watch, I write little stupid reviews about them, and just general foolishness over there. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast on your podcatcher of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm pretty much on all of them. Be sure to leave five stars and a one to two sentence review about the show uh, so we can grow the audience and then just spread the love all around. Be sure to tune in next week to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast where I'll be covering... 2002's Ghost Ship. After discovering a passenger ship missing since 1962 floating adrift on the Bering Sea, salvagers claim the vessel as their own. Once they begin towing the ship towards harbor, a series of bizarre occurrences happen, and the group becomes trapped inside the ship, which they soon learn is inhabited by a demonic creature. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. And remember, if you were happy every day of your life, you wouldn't be a human being. You'd be a game show host. Take care. Bye.